Yo, welcome to the Stoop Podcast, where we are social, theological, we entertaining, and we woke, baby. Stoop Podcast, let's go. Hey, everybody, this is the Stoop Crew, and we are Stoop. We are social, theological, entertaining, and we woke. Yeah, big fear <laughs> say we woke. Speaking of being woke, I think we ought to talk about something today that I think is um, is very important, especially with what's going on in the world today with this red and blue. Um, as a matter of fact, I may as well throw the white in there, the red, white, and blue. Uh, for a whole lot of people, the White House is just that, a White House. And uh, you look at the staff of the White House, you look at what's going on right now. Uh, America has become, in the eyes of so many people, um, a patriotic, white, uh, evangelically run nation that is conservative and yet uh, unable to deal with uh, things like civil rights and social justice and uh, some of the stuff that's going on, even down to immigration. And um, and it's really causing a rift in the body of Christ. Uh, right now, like never before, I'm seeing Christian leaders separated from Christian leaders because of this newfound patriotism here in the United States of America. Nationalism, if you would, being proud, trying to make America great again. And we can't even find a space and time. I've looked back. I've gone through history. And I'm trying to find that time when America was really great. And I do understand some of the greatness. I do understand that the American Revolution said to Britain, uh, you cannot tax us, control us. The whole Tea Party issue and the stuff um, that we are independent of you. I do understand that the rebellion and the revolution caused us to drive on the left side of the road instead of the right side of the road and to do things our own way because we weren't going to let somebody in another country judge how we live and so there's a sense of pride in the new england there's a sense of pride here in the new united states of america but in the same breath as christians our faith should supersede uh, our nationalism and that we should not be joined to people or have a particular affinity to a particular people group above our relationship with Christ and the one new man that he's made out of twain. For Christ has torn down the wall of partition between us and have made of himself twain one new man. So there is no difference now, distinction now between the Jew nor the Greek, male nor female, bond nor free. We're all one in Christ. Now, that's the conservative, evangelical, hopefully proper, proper hermeneutical approach to the oneness that we have in Christ. Yet, in this country, we've been ripped with civil rights issues over the years. It is a nation that was built on the backs of slaves. It's a nation that was built on the backs of immigrants. It's a nation that was built on the backs of people who are ostracized often, marginalized often, segregated often. And when we got all of these issues and memories of the past, family members that were discriminated against, separate but equal, Jim Crow laws still linger in this particular nation. And now with the White House like it is, as white as it is, and now with supposedly the patriotic people who want to make America great again, we're confused as to what period of time is it that America was really great and what are we trying to get back to? 
And so now in the churches, when there are people who are saying that our president is a Christian, but he doesn't have any Christian mannerisms, that he's evangelical and that he is born again, but he doesn't demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. Mm. And so this is becoming confusing for a lot of Christians who now reject Christianity, especially evangelicalism or conservative evangelicalism, simply because of the way they are presenting their issues and they are more patriotic mm. than they are Christian. Mm. And so we got a problem here. I get the chance to travel all over the nation. I get a chance to travel to Africa, Australia, South America, and to talk about America in these countries is almost embarrassing at times. And our government, it's embarrassing our time. The way we have divided our House of Representatives and the way our senators are divided and the way the Supreme Court is being jostled with and the way we struggle to try to get leverage so that we can push agendas and do things and special interest groups and all these different stuff. It is crazy in the new United States of America, but I'm so glad we're stew. Yeah. So God is doing some stuff in the midst of us. So I've set a platform. I've kind of thrown some stuff out there. Uh, Big Fields chomping at the bit. His leg is rocking, and, yeah. and Travis is rocking, and P Mac is waiting to be cleaned up. But uh, talk to me, Field. What's going I on mean, out I, there? Because I just, you know, I just really feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, just like get we it were out, get it out, yeah, get it out, get it out. Just like we were talking during 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 pre plan <laughs> pre plan of the podcast. So when when we was just, when you was breaking down evangelical, you know, like five years ago, if you would have asked me if I was evangelical, I would have told you yes. But now in 2019, I don't necessarily know if I want to walk around saying that I'm an evangelical, even though we do know a have a core <laughs> definition of what it is, right? And what, but today, what it represents. I don't necessarily know if I would want to be called that because it is equated with the white conservative that pushes a Republican approach, or I would say not necessarily even just a Republican approach, but what the president of the United States um, pushes and or signs or backs and I'm just not really cool with that. That's just not me. I don't. I don't come from that. Like, and I don't come from what it represents. I don't take salvation away from that gentleman. But, bro, we talking two different two different Bibles. I don't know what Bible he reads. I don't like. <laughs> well, see, let me just. Evangelicalism is the belief system, and that the gospel is the gospel, and that the basic tenets of the faith. Um, are intact. It's it's more fundamentalism, where we believe in the essentials of the faith. There are certain things that are pertinent to our salvation. You can't add to it or take away from it. Right. So we agree that Jesus came, lived, died, was buried, and rose again the third day, according to Scripture. But the orthodoxy of the church, right belief. So we're people who believe, and it's transdenominational. It should be transracial. It should be across all lines that this is what we believe and this makes us one. I think the issue, Phil, is not that this is true that evangelicalism supports this agenda and this president. It is presented that evangelicalism hmm. supports this president and this agenda. 
Uh, and the reason for that is that many of the established or many so-called leading evangelicals have endorsed this particular president as being a Christian. And everybody who's doubting it is looking at the fruit yeah. and his inability to have self-control, his anger, his temper, his wrath, the way he demeans and the way he speaks, the way he talks down on people. Um, you know, and I don't think we're wrong at saying that. I mean, you look at it, the news and that's what you see and that's what we hear. We're not blind. But you think about all of the blind uh, Republicans and evangelicals and folk who disregard these actions disregard these commentary this his commentary and try to act like nothing wrong my problem is i'm too i'm too old for this foolishness and i i i know the difference i've been there and done that and uh am i pleased with the actions and the mannerisms of a president who has in the media called a pathological liar mm. in the me and not this is not just somebody on facebook throwing some stuff out but when you can tally the number of lies that have been told and, and how pathological it appears that there's, there's just no, he has an inability to confront and deal with truth, truth yeah. and then some of the things that have been done and some of the actions that have been taken against good, strong counsel. In the multitude of mm. counsels, there's safety. safety. Yeah. But when you go against your counsel, like David did in the scriptures, when Joab said, David, please don't count these people. Please don't number these people. And David did it anyway. And 70,000 Israelites lost their lives mm. because he numbered the people when Joab said, do not number these people. So we have to listen to counsel. And it seems like there is no counsel for this particular uh, presidency, uh, the agenda. And I won't call it a, and, and get mad about a Republican agenda. I'm a registered Republican. But I'm not a registered Republican because of Trump. I'm not a registered Republican. I'm a registered Republican back in the day when I became a Christian and there was a conservative bent towards Republican Party. Ronald Reagan was uh, back in office and there's just so much stuff that was going on amorally in this country that there seemed to be a leaning back towards morality and I'm a moralist. And so I said, well, okay, this agenda, not the entire agenda, but it is a better agenda than what's being presented over here on the Democratic side. And even at the time, I didn't know enough to articulate that. Matter of fact, actually, bottom line is, just for y'all that are listening out there, I ain't know the difference in the two. Mm -hmm. And I just registered and I said, give me Republican because it sounded better than Democrat. And there's so many people who are of a party or another, but they vote their conscience in general yeah. elections. You got to vote a platform versus for an individual. Because there is no savior but Christ. Yeah. There is nobody sovereign but the Lord. But I'm with you, Phil. And it makes you feel kind of some kind of way. And I don't yeah. list me an evangelical yeah. if this is what evangelicalism yeah. is endorsing in our particular nation. And, Travis, and I, you just said a good point, Pop, about, and, and that's the, you know, what's frustrating me the most is people are supporting people. And putting evangelicalism behind us, like no, just say you support them. Don't right. don't say evangelicals support this foolishness. Just say you as but, a person. But say that you stay there. But that's what media does. True. They'll take one person that is a fundamentalist or an evangelical, and because they speak out for the president, they lump all evangelicals yeah. as in support of decisions made and movements and stuff that happened. Yeah. that's media. That's the propagation of the media. They can do that, man. If you listen to the difference in Fox News 
and CNN. Right I just listened the other day to a particular issue, and Fox was like, oh, man, praising the president. I l turned it over to CNN. It was like the world was coming to an end because of the president. And so it's what you listen to. It's propagation. Mm -hmm. And I think the propaganda that is being utilized by these media forums is killing us. And then people who sit there and say that because one leading evangelical supports the president, that all evangelicals support the president, that ain't right. I consider myself an evangelical. I consider myself, and I'm, I'm not in the labels. Don't get it wrong. I don't think right. I need. I think yeah. we need to move the, the labels. labels. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, Christian think, yeah. labels and labels. I think we need to. We're children yeah. of God yeah. right. by faith in Christ Jesus. For you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So who yeah. are the children of God? And John said, the children of the devil. Those that do righteous are righteous, even as he is righteous. But those who sin and continue in sin, the devil sinned from the beginning. They're of their father, the devil, and the works of their father yeah. shall they do. I believe that there's a distinction in the earth between God's people and people of the world or people who may not have yet come to know God that we can't write off because that's our mission field. Mm -hmm. So when we think about that, though, we cannot label ourselves. I'm not lumped in with the evangelicals. Yeah. I'm lumped in with the children of God. And you said something years ago that when people can label you, they can counsel you. I think that was... That when they was, label uh, you, yeah, when, they, when they think they know what you are, then they, they can, can determine how they're going to relate with you. And and I think, you know, that's what we've the wisdom we've got to have going forward because we put these labels on where we stand. Um, and, and I think God is for certain stuff. There's certain stuff that, that is, liberals try and push to the other side that I believe is so anti-God, it's not even funny. Um, but then there's stuff on the other side that, I'm like, I don't, that's, God is not for that. God is not for people who are seeking asylum being called animals. And you can't tell me that you're okay with that as a believer with how certain people, and especially a person like me, who's what well, we all immigrants, like Phil said earlier, we all immigrants uh, here in this country. Damn, where you from, Wisconsin? <laughs> no, where, nah, where you, you from? from? Where you from from? <laughs> so, like, the, the, the labels of, we as believers have to have more wisdom with how we approach politics because I feel like in the last since since Trump's last election even even Obama's you know election too with you know the colors on the White House um, and all that jazz um, it's really made people push away from what they believe Christianity is and what is being presented as because we put ourselves in a box as left or right it's like when when the angel showed up to Joshua and he said, whose side are you on? He's like, I'm not on, I'm on this side. Whose side are you on? And so we as the people of God have to realize that we can't put ourselves in these boxes on either side just blanketly because my mama was that and I'm, because I think that pushes people away from the faith because there's there's something on both sides that's anti-God because God doesn't, doesn't sit on either side of that aisle. He's on God's side and when we put ourselves in those boxes, we pushing people away. I got, I got, a, I got a, I got a, a rhyme that I say in this song that I wrote, and when I say nine day, when you know I was approaching it from a, from a, a standpoint where you know people say nowadays y'all a different kind of save, and I say why? Because I ain't all the way right wing, well I ain't all the way liberal either. I'm being cool with somewhere in between. I'm cool mm. with somebody, you know, like I have views. That I stand on here, I have views that I stand on here, but I don't want to be labeled none of that. Like I remember when I was walking around saying I wanted, you know, I it, this in the same matter as an evangelicalism, evangelical. If you would have asked me three, four years ago, 
Reform. I would I would say I would reform to the core. Yeah. I would say call you know, hey, back up off me, homeboy. <laughs> Cal John, you know, Luke. <laughs> yes, sir. That's who I am, Doctor. You know what I'm saying? So what are you? Uh, what, what you are believe? You? What, what you believe? <laughs> but now that I've grown and learned, acquired knowledge from you, Pop, and understanding that. Yeah, I mean, what what is that? I mean, yeah. you know, you know, you start to really realize, and then you start seeing, uh, 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 uh you know, evidence of how they really feel about mm-hmm. things, Certain and then stuff, even yeah. about those from the uh, and, and it is not a black church it's not an African American church but there are certain views mm-hmm. that some of our reformed brothers and sisters had and I'm just like man that's that's me that's me about. I love Jesus and I I can testify of his goodness <laughs> that I that you know I've ex- not only uh, through salvation through the word but I've like experienced a transformation in my life from the move of God from somebody that is not only reformed in his theology but charismatic in his spirit, like, and that's that's why I think why I began to, to obtain a great balance. And he black, and he black. black, and yeah, you know what I mean. So, so, you know. so keeping uh keeping, and, and we got to bring that in, keeping the awareness of our culture yeah. and and our ethnicity is nothing wrong with seeing and viewing the world through our lenses and through our eyes. Um, if you ask the folk down in Egypt how things are going. Right. Uh, the Israelites would say, and Pharaoh would say, it's slamming. Look at our treasure cities. If you ran into a Hebrew slave hmm. and asked him how things going, you know, he'd be like, man, we working, making brick without straw. We barefooted. We're under the domain. We're controlled by the government. We've got all kinds of issues. We can't go anywhere. We can't be what, what we really believe we could be. They're under oppression and so on and so on. And these people are living together in the same nation at the same time. But the diversity and the diversity of their existence, it speaks for itself. And there's still people who are enslaved in their minds mm-hmm. and enslaved in poverty and it are controlled by systemic poverty. Stuff poverty that comes as a mm-hmm. result of the decisions that are being made at the top. And so uh, in America, we have um, communities, whole communities that uh, are blighted, that um, are depraved, uh, uh, exempt from... Uh, having input and stuff. That's why voting is so important. That's why education in these communities is so important to get the people to the polls, to make a difference. You even feel better when you know you voted and things just kind of turned out the way they did, but you did your part. You know, and I think that that's all we can do. Mm -hmm. And then outside of that, you do have uh, uh, rights and you do, you have freedom to protest, to assemble. Um, you can make a stand. And those things make a difference. Mm-hmm. These people that don't think that um, protesting makes a difference, let me take you back to the 60s. Mm. Let me take you to the early early 70s and show you people who gave their lives, risked their lives for the freedoms that we just enjoy so freely today. Mm. But people who weren't touched with that can't relate to that. Yeah. And so these folk with this silver spoon in their mouth and who grew up in pristine situations and conditions who can't relate to folk, you can't relate to folk. And so I, you know, I think a nation needs a person in charge that can relate to them. Mm. It's almost like preaching, you know, that we need a pastor that we can relate to, but we need a president that we can relate to. And I think even his children are having problems relating to him. 
I think that all of the staff, all of the staff, and you see the spouse and everybody has problems relating to him. The cleaning up, the terminations, the defections, the re resignations, uh, all of these things come on a daily basis mm -hmm. from uh, since 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They just don't want to live there, don't want to be around there, don't want to serve there anymore because this this man's attitude and actions. And so uh, the people on the other side feel uh, the Democratic folk who are just over and against everything. everything. Yeah. And I think those are extremes both ways. It, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be yeah. kind of both and. You were talking about somewhere in the middle or somewhere in a balance to where we, we get the good from both. And we go like, okay, there's some good here, there's some good there, so where are we? But we still have these Christians who stand up for their nation, who mm. won't stand up for the poor, mm. who won't stand Talk up for it. the needy, who won't stand up for the outcast, who won't stand up for the disenfranchised. Mm. We can't. We can't do that. That's not. That's not setting. That's not painting a good picture for those who do want to serve God through mm. Christ. Who do want to say evangelical is a person who believes in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that a person must be saved, a person must be born again. They believe in the doctrines of the faith that uh, uh, man is depraved and man is a sinner and only the shed blood of Jesus Christ if we give that sin and that we live a relationship with God following him, being discipled by him by following Christ and his teachings and the teachings of the apostles and the word of God as the ultimate authority. We believe in the coming again of a, a resurrected king who's seated on the right hand of the father ever living to make intercession. The reason this world is not going to hell in a handbasket mm. is God's mercy and God's love, and he's waiting for men to come to know him. So when I agree with people like that, and we have that basic understanding, that's my brother in the faith. That's my sister in the faith. But when you profess to be a brother and sister in the faith, but your actions and your attitudes mm. disregard the, the, the conditions of other brothers and sisters in the yeah. faith, that's where we got a problem. And yeah. I think that's what the nation is right now as it relates to um, this current regime. Can we relate to everybody, mm. whether it be the border crossing, immigration, whether it be the minorities that built this nation, yeah. and now we just want to marginalize? Is the rich getting richer and the poor staying poor? You know, are we concerned about the health care and the welfare and the well-being of everybody? And the bottom line is, do we even relate? Talk about yeah. it. Paul. Can we relate. even relate? Can we even um, deal with these issues from our perch? Because if you have not been touched by the feelings of our infirmities, hmm. then you can't feel our pain. That's hmm. why Jesus came and was touched with all the feelings of our infirmities went through just what we did without sin. So why? He can, right now, when we petition God the Father, Christ can say, I know what they've been through. I know their pain. And if you got a White House full of people who don't know what we've been through and don't know our pain, how in the world are we going to be able to administer the proper judgment, disseminate the proper means, monies, make available the things that are needed to help people get up out of their conditions and their situations and live as productive citizens in this planet and mm -hmm. in this country in particular. Those are the questions.
Somebody need to be asking and somebody need to open their eyes and look and say, there's a misrepresentation here. And so what happens is you got a red and a blue. If you look at Congress, you got one side of the aisle and the other. One side is cheering. The other side is jeering. They're there and they're sneering mm -hmm. and they're looking and, they're, and they will not support any agenda from the right and then vice versa. And so now there's this mudslinging and tweeting and texting and stuff, like childish stuff. Social media is a great tool. That's why we're on here right now. But, buddy, it has been used to expose people. And I tell you, exposed. our president has been exposed Ooh. through his own tweets. Twitter yep. fingers. And so people with plenty of sense can sit here and listen and go, there's something wrong with this yep. picture. Yep. Yes, sir. And I think with, with believers, too, we were talking about this last week with believers just say, you know, stupid stuff online. Um, you mentioned earlier how we deal with the poor and the marginalized. Um, I think that shows a lot about how much we really love Jesus with how we deal with those who cannot financially, economically benefit us and can't do nothing for us how we speak. And I, I see people that I know personally who name the name of Christ and just how they talk about the conversation of immigrants. It's almost like they're taking on the dogma of the person that they, they, they voted for. And, you know, I, I was looking at C-SPAN yesterday and, uh, you know, he made the comment of, you know, no, these are not people. These are animals. He like cut the reporter off in the middle of the reporter talking and saying, no, these are not people. These are animals we're talking about that's trying to come over this border, and we've got to protect our border. And so I think we have to answer to God for how we – he said, when I, was, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Yeah. When I was naked, you didn't clothe me. We're going to have to answer to God with how we dealt with the people who are the most marginalized and disenfranchised. And that's one of the basic signs of a person that's filled with the Holy Spirit is how do you deal with the poor who will be with us always – and if we're naming the name of Christ, we've got to be man enough, bold enough to rise up and say, okay, I agree. You don't support the, the issue of same-sex marriage. That's cool. You think abortion is wrong. That's cool. But these are people. The Imago Dei. These are, these are people made in the image of God. Jesus came, and just Jesus himself, <clears throat> the Spirit of God lit upon him, and he says, God has sent me with a word for the poor mm. <clears throat> to preach the gospel to the poor. The poor will have with us always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you lend to the poor, you you give. When you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. That is of a necessity. That's something that we must do. Yeah, you know, Bishop, as I as I sit here and I just you know ponder my own posture and position as um, you know as a biblicist, um, you know, I, I look back at my own political journey. And um, I would consider so, so you're myself, a, you're a biblicist, huh? I'm a biblicist. So you're just going to extract yourself from everything there is out here and say, "I believe the word of God." I believe the word of God, and and so now, if I if I look at my history of my political journey, then I have to become, if I be honest, a biblical Frederick Douglass Republican, um, limited government, moral responsibility, social conscience, and 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 the like. <clears throat> And so I, I love what Phil said about, Big Phil said about his song about being in between because we hear certain agendas from the Democratic side, the liberal side, and as Christians we scream. There's no way we can agree with that. At the same time, how do I sit in a room and shake hands with a privileged racist 
who names the name of Christ. Yeah. How how can I be okay? Wait a minute. Who's the privileged racist? Um, probably looking at the majority person in America that would represent the Republican Party, which would probably just be the white male. And and even looking at the comments from a Kyle Corver, you know, who's who's a minority in a in a stream of players. But we gotta we gotta be careful when we say racist. I say racist because I say anyone who would agree with the oppression of another ethnicity that actually has the power to oppress. So not just people who have prejudices, but people who actually operate in the area of oppression. And so people who have unfounded prejudice against people based on their nationality. And would like to keep them in an inferior position. That is the MO of racism. That's the yes, MO of racism. Right. And so and then you're looking at contemporary industrial slavery. We 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 even we talked about it last week, the pipeline of prison. Yeah. And and in certain states, and I don't know if it's all states, but in certain states for sure, the the fact that it's a private industry and we are buying the people are buying prisons to help keep certain people uh, at, at 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 limited abilities or opportunities, and we talked about the difference between people having equal opportunity but not having um, uh, um, um, equity in life. Mm -hmm. So I may have the the opportunities out there, yeah, but I don't even have the equity to know that there is an opportunity. And so when we when we start looking at that, Bishop, and we start talking about the evangelical piece, and you know, when I was in, introduced to that theological term they, they also talked about you know with the apostles creed i believe in the forgiveness of sins i believe in the holy spirit and so you know brother travis mentioned the holy spirit so now at some point there should be some fruit you know we should be able to look at the tree i i can't be the holy ghost police but i can be a fruit inspector I, I i can take a look at your life after a while and if i don't ever see good fruit or i keep seeing the type of fruit that's contrary to the holy spirit something's wrong you talked about a pathological liar possibly with potus number 45 and that's what's been depicted but it's pathological a lot pathological offensive you know pathological twisting and and pathological uh being confused pathological confusion and so, so now so we're talking red and blue so we're talking that the readers leadership is an issue yes sir where this is not about 45 today. not about 45 but it's it's about agendas yes sir and it is about what's being presented to us and we just sit by and act like there's no issue here. That's right. And and we're talking about this dividing the church. Yeah. Yeah, Bishop, it's not just the elephant in the room. It's the elephant in the church in now. The church. So we're talking about th this these issues, people defending, let's say, POTUS 45 mm -hmm. over our relationship with each other. Absolutely. Based on the essentials of the faith that make us evangelical. That's right. So we're laying aside our evangelical prereq or, or rules, standards. That's right. So that we can support an agenda and uh, a particular persuasion, nationalism, patriotism over the word of God. Yeah. And I like the way you, you jumped in and said, I'm a biblicist. People who know me, they know that uh, I'm more of a biblicist. So then that takes the woke folk that say we're following a white man's religion, that we are being westernized, that we are still yet enslaved and those type of things. I found the word of God before I ever found a preacher. 
I read the Bible twice before I ever attended a worship service. I did not have some man to just teach me and indoctrinate me with his Western cultured mind. I read the text. I know that is of Eastern influence, Middle Eastern influence. I understand culture. I'm resourceful enough to understand etymology. So as I read it, it began to transform my life and made me a better person. I didn't have a white picture of Jesus. I didn't have a man's religion. I didn't have a function. I didn't wear a suit. I didn't put on a tie. I didn't wear a backwards collar. I didn't do any of those things. I was transformed. As Phil said earlier, you know, I love Jesus. You know, I, my personal experience allows me to say that I love the Lord, not the Lord that the media presents, not the Jesus that the radical groups try to paint a picture of, not something that's hanging on a wall, not an image of something in heaven, but God is a spirit. And then that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. So this spirit that lives in us who are born again as evangelicals, as um, and that's not who we are, as the children of God, yeah. we're able to discern when someone like you, down the road where you're going is of God or not of God. We're able to, to discern whether an agenda mm-hmm. is of God or not of God. And if, like you were saying, if it, if it counsels, and if it eliminates the disenfranchised, and if it doesn't care about the poor and the needy, if it dehumanizes people mm-hmm. for the for it, for the purpose of a cause that you may have yourself, if you don't understand and feel and have compassion on souls, that's right, Mr. because of privilege, that's right. And I'm just wanted to paint that picture because I heard you. I just wanted to yeah. make sure that somebody listening got it. That this is what we're talking about. And this is dangerous. And this is what's being propagated. This is what's being presented. This is what people are seeing. And this is why some people like ourselves take exception to it. And some people ourselves, without uh, overthrowing or insurrecting the government, we just go, I thank God I'm saved. You know, I thank God I love God. So I still have the responsibility of taking care of the poor and the needy in my community. And as a church, local churches, we still have the responsibility of loving all people. We still have the responsibility of meeting the felt needs of the people that we come in contact with. That's not going to change. No government dictates to me my hustle and flow. That's right. What I do. That's right. You know, what I'm doing out here is what I do out here. And I'm here to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the jails and the prisons, the nursing homes, take care of the widows and the orphans, the disenfranchised, the outcasts. We are here to help the hurting. And if we don't esteem others better than ourselves, we can't help anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the Bible tells us that when the righteous are in rule, mm-hmm. people the people rejoice. will rejoice. And when you even looking at that word people, you know, we're talking about the majority of commoners. The majority mm-hmm. of commoners are not rejoicing right now. <laughs> there is nothing to rejoice about, and there's nothing been being done to help them to rejoice. And when we talk about being evangelical, the foundation of that whole evangelicalism is that the gospel is dynamic, that it, it has transformation, is what yeah, you said, that the, that the Holy Spirit is alive in us regenerating us and at the end of the day there's conviction and so when you don't see any of that taking place over a period of time with an individual who is as public as a POTUS has to be then something's wrong and to take sides with that individual because of of their position or because of of the right that you have or because of 
there's a there's an agenda that's 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 anti-abortion, that's anti-same-sex marriage, and just because of that, I agree holistically. That's that's trouble. But, but let me tell you what happens, and this is what we got, we got to get a hold of in in any country. Um, I've been asked to run for the mayor of Jacksonville on several occasions. I even had one guy that was going to foot the entire bill. Um, told me, you run, we'll pay for it. I mean, I literally have had that happen. I had the uh, uh, one of our previous mayors come to me. Uh, I thought they were coming for support, but they came to me to ask me, was I running because they wanted to make sure that they wouldn't have to run against me, all right? When I had the meeting and sat down with these very wealthy people and we were talking about the potential of becoming mayor of Jacksonville, I said I can't do it because my convictions are too strong and it also to limit my authority and my means to my ability to impact the world or nations because I'd be constricted to sitting in an office only concerned about Jacksonville. Secondly, I got the revelation. I was on the editorial board for the Florida Times Union with some of the leading people in Jacksonville. The mayor, the governor, the governor, the president, they are the mayor, the governor, governor and president of all peoples. Yeah. Right? So that means I become political and I have to give a dog a bone. In other words, I have to address and deal with all people, all issues. I would represent everyone who lived in Jacksonville as their mayor, meaning the special interest group, meaning the trans people, meaning LGBTQIA people, meaning um, white suburban, meaning black urban, meaning everybody. And I'd have to listen to all their issues and some kind of way respond to these issues equally Mm -hmm. if I'm going to be righteous that I have to make sure that I don't overlook anybody. That's one of the most difficult things in the world to do. Mm-hmm. I could not come into office and bring my prejudices because my prejudices because I realized I accepted this position as the mayor of everybody, of all the people, right? So when you get somebody in office who cannot relate to all people, who doesn't have that concept. Mm -hmm. It's not in their nature to do it. They come in with their agenda and they present their agenda and they don't even know that these other people exist. And if Mm -hmm. they do exist, what does that got to do with me? I made it, but they made it with privilege. Mm -hmm. You know, I always talk about my father dying and all he left us was alone. Your papa was a rolling stone, you know. And when he died, he left us alone. Uh, never left with anything. Uh, didn't have 40 acres and a mule. Didn't have a legacy of finance where somebody passed something down. You know, and in America, you got to remember, there's a privileged group of people that's got a 430-year jump on us. Mm, yes, you know, Ooh, and so they, they, they got a jump. And so they owned the land, they owned the banks, they owned the building, they owned this and that. And thank God for equal rights and civil rights and all these different things, but we're still a long way, far a long way to go. Uh, I travel this United States, uh, uh, and it's a, it's it's really pretty rough out here in some places and in some situations. But when you don't relate to everybody and can't relate to everybody, when you some kind of way wind up in a position of authority like this, and you don't care about don't care. everybody. 
We got a problem. Big problem. Even if 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 the agenda uh, is an agenda that stands for something, like I believe that we ought to be moralists, that we ought to have some um, moral values. I believe that there ought to be some uh, things that are put in place, which I'm grateful to God for some of the things that have been reversed and some things that have been put in place um, that protect my children and my grandchildren against uh, morality, legislated mor- no, immorality. Yeah. And so, you know, legislated immorality has to be addressed. But these things ought you have done and not to leave the others undone. When you take care of the poor and the needy, when you have a burden for all people as the president or the leader of all peoples, it should show up. There should be some fruit of it. And you should be sensitive to it. And you cannot label people, publicly announce people mm. as heathens and savages and this and that. Animals. And Animal, when they're trying to survive and they're trying to provide. You know, there was a time, and even in Alabama right now, where as a black man, we weren't considered completely human in this nation. Mm. Yeah. Are we trying to get back to that era? Right. Mm. You know what I mean? And so with that said, I could have been bitter, but I got better. And it's because of my relationship with God that I'm at peace with where I am in life. And I'm at peace even in the midst of all this turmoil and chaos. Even when you look at the news reports and you see violence and you see Virginia and you see uh, Missouri and you see uh what's going on and and the flames that have been burning in our streets and stuff because of injustices. Even I can stand and, and go, okay, God, what is my responsibility? What should I do? And I've resulted to just teaching our people that this is the nature of man. Man is, is, is evil. Man has a sin nature. This stuff happens. Trust God, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to have peace that surpasses all understanding, peace that, that the world cannot give you. This world is full of turmoil. This world has all kinds of issues. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So when people ask me about my faith in God, listen, yes, my faith in God puts me at peace, but also my faith in God activates me Yes, sir. to do my part. So we employ over 250 full-time people now, uh, full and part-time. We have transformed an educational system where we didn't want to be a part of a failing system. We created our own education system for our own people. We are economically empowering people. We are socially empowering people and feeding the hungry and the needy and trans. All of the people that are transit that are coming through here, they don't black, white, brown, Mm. yellow. It does not matter. We are reflecting the fact that we have met a God who is no respecter of persons and who loves everybody. If a person is going to claim to be a Christian and in leadership, that has got to be reflected in their administration. That's Mm, that's, that's when America's great. And so when someone says we want to make America great again, show me the era that you are saying that was when it was great. Because for me or for someone else, else yeah. it was when Black Wall Street was jumping. Now, but if that wasn't great to you, but it's great when we're totally oppressed and people are enslaved. And I don't know what era that you're that you're pointing back to saying make America great again. And then when you are a Christian leader, especially a, a white Christian, leader, let me just be frank. And you don't have compassion to the plight 
of other nationalities and ethnicities who are struggling because you got the voice. You've got the microphone. When is a white man going to step up when there's a there's a murder or that something goes wrong? It's always black folk trying to come together. But when is someone who is in that privileged community going to stand up and say, we can't have this There's anymore? Well, let me, let, me, let me tell you. Let me, let me tell you. That's good people on both let me sides. Tell you, let me tell you. No, let me tell you what is meant the era where America was great again, where we make America great again. This, of course, obviously is not on the local level because the leadership cannot relate to the plight and the dearth and the stuff that goes on in this nation. There was a time when America was the leading nation in the world, fiscally, technology-wise. We were just dragging behind the Japanese. There was a time when our dollar meant something in the country, around the world, when our militia could go into other nations and colonize, imperialize, overthrow and overtake, where we were not debtors, where we were not a debtor nation to these European nations and Middle Eastern nations. I think in my evaluation of this thing, people are looking at it in this political arena, especially from the White House 45, as a time when being from the United States was a good thing. I used to go to England a lot, and I would say I was from the States in the 80s, in the 90s, and I got respect. I could go different places in South America. I got respect. Now when I travel, I make sure I do not let people know that I'm from the United States of America because our reputation is now sullied. And we're now in a particular vein around the world where people are looking at us as the villains and we owe everybody and their mama, and we got ourselves into a hole. And so these are the type of agendas and things that 45 is pushing and this current agenda, uh, regime is pushing that we need to get back to where people owe us, P threatening to put tariffs and, and taxing people for doing import and export, uh, digging up our own gold and uh, coal and, 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 and fueling our own sales versus getting fuel from other parts of the country. I think that a lot of people have not considered the fact that on a Nash international scale, America was at one time deemed in secular eyes as a great nation. Now we're the laughingstock of the world. Now the Chinese, the Russians, you name them, the, the Middle Germany. Easterners, Germany. They look, we're at odds with them. They're looking down at us. And, and it's not good. When I go to South America, I put on my Ola T-shirt. You know, I go to Africa. I find me something in Swahili to put on my shirt. I want them to think that I'm one of them. I want them to think that. And that's not a good thing because it's not that I'm not proud to be in America. At least I know I'm free. It's just that the way we're viewed around the world ain't good. That's right. And when we say make America great again, the people within this country look at it from a local perspective and look at it in our history and how we live in this nation compared to how we're compared with other nations around the world. I don't know whether people have ever looked at it that way, but you got to think about it. We, we're concerned about when it was right with us, but the people in the administration who have been privileged don't know what we're talking about. Absolutely. And so they supposedly represent us and represent us to the world. It ain't kosher. It's, no, cr it's crazy. So you, 
I haven't thought about it like that. I never did either. That never was, thought that about was it really like that. good. Yeah. But it's crazy though, with with that makes a lot of sense. But it seemed like he's made it even worse on how we're viewed across the world. It's like since 2016, people are like, the little people I do know that are in other other countries, like, man, what is y'all president? What is what are y'all? People have asked me a hundred times. What is going on? What are you guys doing in America? And and you know, just being an American and being subject to the powers that be, they will say to me stuff like. What is your president doing? Yes. Uh, or we try to watch your news and we have to turn it off. Yes. Uh, you guys allow those type of things to happen. How did he get? Uh, how did he get there? You voted him in. You know. You need to. You need to reconsider your electoral college. Yeah. Uh, he didn't win by the majority of the votes in our nation. If you won by one vote, you're in. You know. And so we have that concern. And again, balance it with the rest of the world. I travel in a few weeks to Africa. I go through, this time through Dubai. I go into uh, Paris, uh, taking that route. And when you go there to these different places, I, I want to be comfortable. But with the color of my skin, with the little melanin that I do have, uh, people are going to look at me, they're going to know that I'm not necessarily French born and raised, that I'm not necessarily um, Saudi or a Middle Eastern born and raised. Uh, and then when I get to Africa, that I may not even be, you know, right. African. So I got to find out where I fit in um, as far as my philosophy, philosophically. Where do I fit in around the nation? That's why my Christianity has got to trump my patriotism. Mm, yes. My Christianity has got to trump. Trump my nationalism, Trump no pun intended. Yeah. My, my Christianity has got to be greater than what I'm affiliated with. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a citizen of another kingdom. Yes. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. Now somebody's saying that's getting too spiritual and that spiritualizing thing and that's what y'all do. No, no, that's a reality. That's a real reality. That's a reality. I, my, I'm dead and my life is hit in, in God and Christ. That's our and truth. That, and I, yeah. I don't belong to, to this world. And yet, I'm not passive. I'm not apathetic. I'm not lethargic. The proof's in the pudding. I'm involved. We're, we're living our life. We're you're altruistic. We're humanitarian. We are, we are burdened and concerned about all who are oppressed of the devil. The poor and the needy and the disenfranchised are our target group. And so if it wasn't for the church and people in the church that have this mindset, this stuff wouldn't get done. And, and, and Pop, I think that's a... Because that has been something I had to lean on more than anything. Saying, man, I, this is my hope. My hope is in yeah. Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's where I've been. And, and I think this season that we're in and, I, and this country, I think might be even considered a wake-up call to the yes, believer. I think because so. I think somewhere along the line, we almost bought into the American dream. Mm -hmm. Well, we well, we really just passing through this place. We have a I, I, we have a mission, a godly mission that has been given through the word of God. And I think somewhere along the line, through social media, through mm -hmm. just the way of the world, we all, you know, you you start seeing people buy into this American dream, like what is this? You know what I mean? And uh, it was nobody wasn't tripping on red and blue. 
We was all tripping on the green. The green, we was all, you know, yeah. at one cut, and we, you know, we, it was we, cool. We panicked, called we, it home, and, and, and elected Saul. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to just say this. Speaking of the American dream, and we're going to kind of wrap this up. Last night, I pulled out my, um, my uh, three DVD um, set of uh, Dusty Rhodes, <clears throat> the American dream. Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty talked about patriotism. He talked about an old country boy from Texas whose daddy was a plumber who dreamed one day of being world champion and being a wrestler. And in this country, he was traveling from city to city, from pillar to post, black, white, red, brown, yellow people would come and cheer and root and root them on. And here he was, always remembering that his daddy was a hard-working plumber, that there were times when the business was slow and they had little to eat, but he kept his hope alive. He had a dream, and, and, and he dreamed, and, and, and his dream became a reality. In Madison Square Garden, when he beat down Bruno San Martino, his hero, and he won that match standing in Madison Square Garden and seeing black and white and brown and yellow cheering for this man called Dusty Rose, the American dream. And he said the American dream can be lived out by people. The American dream, you can't make it. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. The American dream. People have come from around the world all over the world to come here to, to have a chance at life to be productive and all you got to do is look at our movie screens and look at our televisions and listen to our media and you hear every nationality of people america has become a stew for people i mean a stew where people are able to come in and of different ethnicities different nationalities and live their dream i have lived my dream my dream uh was very simple I wanted to be my own man. I wanted to stand on my own. I wanted to provide for my family. I wanted to be a productive citizen. I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't want to go to prison or go to jail. I was able to matriculate through educational systems when the system told me I wouldn't do it. I've overcome so many things. I've run from the Ku Klux Klan. I've had issues. I've been refused, refused to be served because of the color of my skin. I've left on street corners and Greyhound bus driver not pick me up because he don't ride in folk on his bus and leave me on a street corner as 20 years old in the blistering sun in the of Mississippi. And I've, I've done that. I've been refused uh, interest into places and actually got into fights with people because of the color of my skin. So I've lived through this and I'm not bitter. I've lived through this and because of my relationship with God, I've been able to endure it. So don't tell me that somebody has dominated me. Nobody dominates me but God. Don't tell me that I can't produce anything because we have, and it's been because of God. So we need to understand that it's not red or blue. It's the red blood of Jesus Christ and our black sin that he has forgiven by dying on that cross. And we believe on him. We not only have a transformation of where we'll live eternally, but we have a mind transformation and we're able to forgive, but we're also able to think for ourselves and we're able to become biblicists and follow the true creeds of our faith. And that includes loving everybody. That includes taking care of the outcasts, the disenfranchised, the poor and the needy, opening prison doors and setting captives free. Yes. That's what this is all about. And that's what any good government should all be about. Helping those that cannot help themselves. This is not socialism. This is not Marxism. This is not something that we do 
and 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 just the government foots the bill and makes us no 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 but we need to be concerned about everybody and any government that's righteous is concerned about all people so let's do that until righteousness run down like a river we need to be concerned about all who are out here and all who are disenfranchised so brothers i just want to know that um stew is a, a great time together we are social and we are theological and entertaining and i hope you know now that we are woke we see what's going on we know what time it is so now it's high time to wake out of sleep because now is your salvation nearer than when you believe so brothers and sisters this is bishop von mclaughlin along with p mac Big feel. And this is our podcast, The Stew. Until next time, be blessed. All right, and I hope you've enjoyed us today. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, oh my God, you can you can hit us at stewpodcast2 at gmail.com. That's stew, S T E W, podcast2, the number two at gmail.com hit us and tell us you're listening to us right just hit us and let us know that you have heard us today and give us any comments that you may have any questions or any future topics that we may be able to deal with for you here at the stew with social theological entertaining and woke